Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 underway from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Big show today. We've got Trey Wallace from Outkick.com in Tampa Bay where the SEC tournament will tip off later today. Looking forward to his coverage all week. He'll join us in about an hour and a half live from Tampa, as will Dane Bradshaw in hour number three, former Vol. Uh, now with ESPN and the SEC Network, he will be on the call uh, down in Tampa, and he will join us on the show live as things tip off today for the SEC, and we'll get some tournament reaction already to what's happened this week and what we expect to happen over the next couple of days. Conference-wide, looking forward to today. Primary complaint in 45 minutes as well. Gentlemen. Good afternoon. More news in the NFL. Carson Wentz on his way to Washington. Boys, I am as excited right now as Commanders fans are that Carson Wentz is their QB. So congrats (laughs) to Commanders fans everywhere. Your quarterback, Carson Wentz, and now Indy, we knew it before, but officially in the QB market. I'm a little torn by this deal because I think teams need to kind of step up the ladder. This is a step up the ladder for Washington. It's not as entirely better than Heineke as you would think. He's seven, seven more touchdowns, eight fewer interceptions than Heineke threw last year. That's better. Is it $28 million better? I don't know. They're giving up uh, two-thirds, one-third that can convert into a second next year. They swapped seconds, so the Colts come out of this they now pick 42-73-82. That's second and third round. I don't know if they've got compensatory or two coming at the end of the third round. So they're not in totally bad shape in terms of drafting, but no first. Wentz is a, is a punchline. The Philadelphia gets to play him twice, a team that gave up on him, one of two teams that have given up on yeah. him in the last two years. He's not terrible, He's not taking Washington to a Super Bowl, but Washington needs to to take a step. They're off the hook for him, I think, after next year. The Colts get out of this without the first-round pick and a second-round pick, but they've got no dead money, which is a miracle here. So Ballard did a bad job getting him in, but does a great job of getting him out. Well, they swapped second-round picks, though, right? So they still have a pick. In the second round. Yeah, so 42 is Washington's. They went from 47 to 42. So gotcha. it's, only, it's a slight move up. Um, but, I mean, a, for, it, for the Colts, it was terrible that they gave up what they gave up. But getting out and not having any dead money is pretty good. But did Washington situation. get fleeced here? Plus, plus uh, they, get, uh, they still have the top, uh, as of right now, they're number one in the league for cap space. Now, they're not known for being big spenders. They've been at the top of the league in this area, top five in this area, last couple of off seasons. 
but they're in position to make a move or acquire a quarterback that would have a price tag attached to right. him for twenty. Yeah, they're not worried about the money, but I'm talking about the steps, right? So Washington at least takes a step with Carson Wentz. Is the guy the Colts get now definitely a step up from Carson Wentz? I think we could universally say no. Well, okay, it's half measure versus no measure or full measure. Right. Washington is taking a half measure. Carson Wentz is not a, measure, a guy that's going to win huge for Washington. But he's better than Heineken. Absolutely. He's an upgrade from Taylor Heineken. I don't think there's any question about it. I'd rather have Carson Wentz on any team I coach as opposed to Taylor Heineken at quarterback. But it's still a half measure. You're not getting the guy. You got a guy who can win more games for you than the guy before. Who's the upgrade from Wentz? If you're Indy, the only upgrade would have been making a move for Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers stays put. But outside of that, but th- this is what I mean I've by I've got a couple of options. There's, there's, well, if you think you can go, I'll give you the solution if you're the Colts and you're saying, we're really going full measure with this. Full measure is you firmly believe you're going to trade up in the first round and or draft a quarterback who's your answer at quarterback, that you have the utmost faith in your scouting and you feel like one of these quarterbacks will be the guy. Outside of that, every other quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota, um, Mitch Trubisky, these are half-measure quarterbacks. Unless you're in love with Kyler Murray, which may be one of the places you're going. I, I would pick up the phone and call Minnesota and see what it would take for Kirk Cousins. He has one year left on a guaranteed contract. And if you're looking for a bridge to get to next year's draft and an upgrade from Carson Wentz, I would take Kirk Cousins over Carson Wentz. I would too, um, but not by I, a, not by. I, a lot. I would see if Minnesota is willing to make a deal on, um, and, and they they could find a team that's willing to take on that money of forty five million. I mean, he's in the top four of of cap uh, cap hits they do for have quarterbacks the in the league. That, that's the situation that that Indy could make happen. Um, but again, I, not a long term answer, right? And they've had quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. Not a long term, not a long term answer, but an answer. Like an answer that improves your football team versus Carson Wentz, who was not clutch, and 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 you can say Kirk Cousins is not clutch. Um, I I would argue that that the numbers itself are better than Wentz, so I think you can improve on what you had. And but it's it, it is it's more of it a it's more of a certainty than the other options. The other options being you either trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, or and I think you'll get fleeced if you try to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo right now. And he's personally. coming off a throwing shoulder and he's surgery. Got, yeah, and he's got shoulder surgery. So maybe he doesn't cost as much as what uh, we, we, I would be thinking. Um, or you go in the draft. I, I think you have to draft a quarterback, but you don't have to draft one in the first round. You don't have a first-round pick. You don't have to move up to get one if you can go find another trade partner. And I would see if Minnesota's open to it. New head coach, last year on a deal for a veteran quarterback that they haven't won with who is not. I mean, he's, he's hit the ceiling with the Vikings. Um, they certainly don't want to pay him $45 million, but they're locked into him. I would see what it would take to get him to Andy. And I think you said it. You bridge the gap. You know, I think that's a good – if I'm ranking the bridge the gap moves, it goes Cousins followed by Garoppolo. It's still a half measure. But, okay, let me phrase it a different way. What quarterback saves their job? S- saves the Colts' front office job? And the head coach. Deshaun Watson. Well, I don't, going in I, don't, I don't think that the Texans... Well, you asked me what, what right. quarterback saves okay. their he's job. Not going in division. I'm giving you a guy that's going to well, get traded. You also didn't name Deshaun Watson in your answer, so... Yeah, I just did. I was no, getting to no, that. No, in the first answer, you yeah, said... I, I was getting to that. I let, laid out the, the possibilities right now of where they could go. They're all half measures. 
I don't think it'll happen because it's interdivision. But the only full measure quarterback again, Left. I'm I'm classifying full, half, or no. Titans are going no measure. Commanders are going half measure. Colts look like they're going elevated half measure because I think Garoppolo and or Cousins is an elevated half measure. You want to go full measure? You put the you-know-what on the table and go trade for Deshaun Watson. He's the only full measure left. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Kyler and then Murray Kyler maybe. Murray's Kyler an option. Murray but maybe. I would still phrase him as a half measure. I don't know if he's available next year. I'm right. not trading. Well, I can't if, trade if for he's him. Not, if he's on the field. Which I'm, quarterback saves their job? I, I can't say Deshaun Watson does that. Well, the, the, Deshaun Watson only does it if he's available for right. some of next season. Result. If he's not, a terrible season with the, the hope or the knowledge that Deshaun Watson – will be available after being suspended for a season and sitting out two full seasons is probably not enough to keep your job. It's funny. The but Colts, I'm not looking at it from, I hate to get into this, I, what do I do to keep my job? Well, that's you know, what that's, they're trying to do. That's, that's why they traded Carson Wentz Right, today. but that's also, to me, different than where do I, if I'm a Colts fan, where do I want to get to get to that full measure position? Full measure eventually would be a Deshaun Watson and or you draft a franchise but quarterback. This is more than bridging the gap, though. Uh, and I know I phrase it that way. They can bridge the gap by just keeping Carson Wentz for another year. I think Reich probably um, thinks he could have. Well, he tried to. He tried to pitch that idea, and I it, his owners. Can pitch. I give a theory on that? On, I, I, on, why, again, they, on I, why they had to get rid I of him? I think Ballard and Reich are feeling the heat, and they had to make a move. They knew they were fired a year from now if they kept Carson Wentz on that roster. I I I believe part of this with Wentz because you look at his numbers, and they're really not that bad. Uh, and he played no. through some injuries, and he had a bad final game in Jacksonville that cost him two their games. season. Uh, yeah, final two games. I think that there is some internal knowledge that they felt like they were going to hurt themselves in that locker room with that roster if they brought him back and didn't do something. This, to me, reeks of, you know, Carson Wentz isn't the worst teammate or anything, but we can't look at our team and say we're doing everything, and then bring him back. Although Darius not Leonard's tweet different. is odd. So I thought he would be pumped. <laughs> You've got a quarterback who didn't lead you uh, down the stretch of the season, and uh, his, his tweet was, here we go again, about to be five years with the Colts and five different quarterbacks. Thank you, Carson, for everything this year, my guy. Well, you Wish be, you nothing but the best. You could be diplomatic to him now that he's out the door. I, I, I mean, that's the funny thing about the Colts to me is they have – regime stability, which I think is becoming yeah. more popular. They haven't had quarterback stability. 16, Andrew Luck started the first game. 17, Scott Tolzien. 18, Luck. 19, Brissett. 20, Rivers. 21, Wentz. 22, we don't know. The, the, now, was it the 17 or 18 season that was Tolzien? Tolzien, 17. See, I, I don't... That's Luck hurt, I right? No, Luck retired, right? No, that's Luck hurt because he started again in 18. Oh, Luck, and then he came back, and then he and retired going into 19. Brissett. So they went with Brissett right out of the shoot because the luck retired going into preseason week three, was it? Or yep. week four? Well, if you listen to three, Dan Dockage, uh, he's not very high on Darius Leonard's leadership abilities either. No, he didn't like well, Unlike so. Carson. Well, they, they both may not lead that well. Darius Leonard can play. Yeah, he can. That's why he's still on the roster. Most yep. people tout his leadership I'm just ability. saying if we're, if we're rating uh, who's going to give the best tweet, you know, he's a good player, but maybe he doesn't give the most thoughtful tweet on what the – the well, locker room. Uh, Dockage's take him. is he's a me guy. That doesn't. That's not a me tweet either. Yeah. Well, you can tweet uh, yes different no. than you. I mean, it's kind of a okay. It's a what was me. I've had it's to play with five quarterbacks. Tweet. You continue to. I'm such a great player, but I have to play with five different quarterbacks. I don't know if it's instability. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they love somebody in the draft. Uh, again, 
Um, well, you know, got, if you wind up with another bridge, Wentz was move? your bridge. There's clearly something more to the Wentz deal, right? There's there's something about Wentz that once you have him, um, it, it it's broken. But in, again, in I, I say all that too. But I'm also sitting here saying Washington just got better, right? Well, they not got, they not, got not by a big amount, but they've got a better quarterback. Well, they got there. better in the division that they can win. Yeah, if their defense rebounds. Yeah. But do they like him in a year? Because in a year, they're going to face a contract crossroads with well, him. So they're in a good situation in that regard. And if they don't like him in a year, he'll be close to the end because three teams will have given up on him. And at a certain point, the league is going to get See, the, the message. He'll get passed I, around again for sure. I find it interesting. But, uh, and look, this is a, the, the NFL year to year. This time of year is about survival. If you don't have the guy, you've got to get a guy that you can survive with and keep your head above water. Wentz is a guy that can do that for Ron Rivera in Washington because look at the division. I think the Colts look around at the AFC, wild card, and the division is going to be extremely hard to compete with, with Carson Wentz. They just went through it. And credit to them and that, and that group, it starts with Chris Ballard for saying, hey, the plan we had in place did not work and we're not just going to sit back and run it back. We can't do that. And they made the move because they knew they wanted – to have the same job that they have right now a year from now. I think, I think they looked in the future and said, we see the same result. I don't have the same sense that you do. They're fired, Paul, if they bring Wentz back. Like that, they're they're, well, they're, they're think, dead men walking. They're think, a dead team walking. I think Ursay dictated what was going to happen with the quarterback, but I don't have the same sense you do that with what happens next. The results of this year will will automatically determine their fate. Oh, I think Ursay likes What happens next is dictated based on their recommendation of last year. Eccentric owners who like guys sometimes keep guys whether he gets the results that he wants. And based or on he all accounts, he lit them up after that loss to Jacksonville. Yeah. I, I want to but see what instead they... of having the instead of ha- having the 48-hour reprieve that he normally does before he goes through the season with his GM and head coach, he demanded they come in the next morning. And that's whenever the reports came out that uh, they may show up and get fired today. But incremental improvement this year, could they could be just fine. Well, incremental improvement there in the playoffs, uh, essentially, from, from last year. I want to see where they land, right? Like I, I think that Kirk Cousins would be just like Washington just had a slight upgrade with Wentz, would be a, an upgrade for the Colts, would probably get them in playoff position, would certainly everyone would keep their jobs in that position, but if they strike out or can't get the right deal done for someone and it's a rookie, are you giving leeway because you started a rookie, but the roster around that rookie's okay, or are those guys still getting fired? It, it's going to be – we knew this going in to this quarterback season. It's going to be a fascinating few months with the draft mixed in with it to see where all of these teams land at QB. I think Ursay is going to say, and they may be able to convince him out of it because of circumstances, and the circumstances that we've discussed a lot are unusual this year. But as a hands-on, more hands-on owner now, going to say, I, I want a long-term solution. I don't want to add to this list of one-year starters. And if you're giving me cousins of presenting him as a, as a one-year starter until we get to next year's draft or whatever, based on contractual implications or only slightly better or all of that, that's not, not good enough. Give me another plan. Now, the other plan might be so bad that he says, all right, let's do Cousins. Well, the plan, the plan for Ursay is win now. And if you're not, that's why I said they should absolutely be in the market for Russell Wilson. Um, 
but they didn't have the first round pick to offer because they traded for Carson Wentz. The next best plan uh, would either be Jimmy G or with, uh, uh, to me, with Kirk Cousins. Uh, because I don't think you can ride or die with Deshaun Watson with the uncertainty of what happens with him and his legal issues. Where does Jameis yeah, Winston rank? He's not getting traded in the division anyway. Where yeah. does Jameis Winston rank in the Kirk Cousins, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo vein? He's below them, uh, but not by much. I mean, because Garoppolo's coming off of the offseason shoulder surgery. Uh, Kirk Cousins is who he is. Um, can be efficient. I think he can be efficient in that offense, a run-based offense um, that is going to, you know, be a lot of you know quick passing. That's that's what they do in their pass game. Uh, they've got Pittman, who's more of a AJ Brown type guy, you know, physical guy on the outside. They'll be drafting a wide receiver for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, you know the Murray thing is more intriguing to me if you think you can get a handle on on Murray. Winston, to me, is always going to fall back to what he is. You're going to ha- have to constantly be uh, trying to rein him in, rein him in, rein him yes. in. Peyton did it, yes. but Peyton's something special. But his default is more towards what he was with Arians. Where he's going to throw you a lot of touchdowns, yeah. but everyone's going to be offset by a potential turnover. Chad, he's not a bad option if you've got another option to compete with him. I mean, I, I put him pretty – Far below Garoppolo and Cousins, but well, I mean, so, if you're if, if we're just now throwing out names that can for a year get you into playoff contention and maybe be as good or a slight upgrade from Wentz, I think those are the type of names we're talking about. Mariota was a name I heard attached there when he was done. Here yes, yep. Also, with right, but he comes with that warning label. You know, you can't you can't hang your hat on Marcus Mariota without having an alternative. And I, so I, you got to get two quarterbacks. Well, maybe that's their but draft this, plan. Yeah, well, the draft plan, or but they're picking forty seven. You make a trade for for a vet, and then you pair that vet who's on a one or two year contract, whatever they're trading for, with another guy on the open market that's you know low in, uh, wants to bet on himself, and has an opportunity to go with an organization that can compete for the postseason. That could be Mariota. That could be Bridgewater. That could be Trubisky. I think that's the three pack we're yep. looking at. They're not stacked in that order necessarily but I wouldn't I would not categorize them Chad as upgrades over wins and no you know those are being swallowed up I I think the team that ends up with Watson is Carolina I think they're 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 willing to roll the dice I I would go with you on that I mean you got to get some resolution but that's the guy above all else David Tepper who who just has to have a big fish and his his coach is definitely you know one and done here unless they do something big. Not that he's got a, a big say in this, but he would certainly welcome Deshaun Watson to to latch onto and, and pair up with to try to save the whole deal. Well, and now, you know, what what does this mean for Garoppolo? Because the, the 49ers would like to move him. They want to move on with Trey Lance. At least that's the indication. They've been open about that. Garoppolo has been too. And you want those resources in this draft. Yeah. You want to capitalize What's on that? What's the status of his shoulder is the question. I, I mean, surgery on your throwing soldier shoulder is significant no matter what, but what the timetable for recovery is and how serious that was is a big factor in this whole timetable, and that's going to have to come out sooner, relatively soon. Imagine if Brady comes out of retirement and gets traded to Indy. <laughs> Rables, buddy. I mean, I just you want to talk about a big turn of events there. They well, go, they go uh, from a laughable team that can't beat Jacksonville. That's the thing. This 
this head coach can't beat Jacksonville. Well, um, and that that's why you <laughs> in know, Jacksonville. Titans fans were sweating when Russell Wilson was, you know, the rumored to be on the trade market before he was traded to Denver that oh boy, what if Indy ends up with Russell Wilson? Yeah, I wrote that. That, that would have been the one the for Indy. That's yeah. the only that's thing. It. That's the only thing that can really screw up the Titans' hold on their division. I think is is them pulling a rabbit out of a hat here for quarterback. Otherwise, the Titans are better than the Colts. You know, in the status quo situation, unless yeah. crazy stuff happens here in free agency in the draft, Titans remain better than than the Colts. If you're roughly status quo, I don't. I, and they certainly weren't scared of Carson Wentz. No. And I don't know that they're going to be scared of any of these guys we're talking about. They just re-signed Harold Landry. That front four, even against uh, you know Quentin Nelson and uh, and a and a pretty good line, though the Eric Fisher thing is uh, they're looking for a left tackle too. But the Titans don't fear the Colts right now, nor should they. Neither the Jags or the Texans, yeah. quite frankly. Right. Um, and and again, like that's but the Jags and the Texans are still a ways away from the Colts in the. You start going, of the start going through the quarterbacks of the NFC East, and Washington improved. When and if you start th- stacking teams and and look at the the totality of how their rosters made up, Washington improved with the trade. That's why they're they're improving over the quarterback that they had, um, and a healthy one at that. And who knows what who knows what San Francisco is trying to get for Garoppolo, but that price tag just went down. Um, at least I would think so. Unless Indy's just begging for him, and then, and then you you get whatever you ask for there. What could you see for him? Uh, I could see a second. Oh, see, I think it's a similar trade for what, what in my mind, it's a couple what of they picks. Just got for once. Yeah, yeah. Two thirds, a second. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick three sixty at Outkick three sixty. We've got primary complaint coming up in about twenty five minutes, but when we come back, a preview of the SEC tournaments. That's next on Outkick three sixty. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. When you think about it, over the last few seasons... Every single SEC team, maybe except for Georgia, has really improved their overall product. And they've put money behind it. You can even say Georgia's done that with Tom Crean. Outkick 360 rolls on, although Tom Crean's out uh, after uh, what we expect will be one game, one and done. 
uh, today in Tampa. Vandy sure Vandy. hopes it's one game for yeah. Tom Crean and Dunn. But even the Mississippi schools, um, LSU, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, teams that may not have always been, uh, you know, or, or been the teams that you think of that spin financially, they've done so. And it has led to a tip-off of an SEC tournament that takes place today in Tampa that um, should be really fun and exciting. We're going to see some upsets. I think we're not going to see chalk. I don't expect to see the top four teams playing for the semis. I think we will see at least one upset along the way, maybe more. Uh, but that's that's what's cool about this tournament. The, the best teams all won at home and lost on the road to the best teams. So... Now they're on a neutral floor. I think it's wide open, and I can't wait to tip it off. Well, you saw certain programs invest in coach and invest in facilities, and it, it's paid off big time. Uh, Tennessee with Rick Barnes being one of them. There's been others that tried to do that, and it hasn't really paid off. Um, Kermit Davis at Ole Miss. I love Kermit Davis. Has not worked out the way anyone thought, and that's a very tough program. Uh, ben Howland has sputtered, and it's probably going to be out of a job at the end of this season also. Frank Martin went to a Final Four four years ago and has gone down Mm -hmm. ever since at South Carolina. I say that because not everyone's going to win. When you've got a conference stacked with coaches like you have in the SEC, even good coaches are going to go 500 or worse in conference and aren't going to be quite as good. So the elite has really gone to the top with Bruce Pearl with John Calipari, with Rick Barnes. I'm putting Eric Musselman with two years now at Arkansas in that mix. I think Nate Oates is quickly in that mix also of elite coaches in the SEC. Uh, The other storyline of this is Tom Crean we know is out. Ben Hallen may be out, um, may come back also. And Will Wade. Will Wade goes into this SEC tournament now with just now LSU releasing a statement saying, we can't comment by law, on what we know that's alleged and what they have on Will Wade. They restructured his contract where they can fire him with no penalty if he's committed a major violation. We may be witnessing the last couple games for Will Wade at LSU also, who's done a great job in the win-loss column. They're fifth in, a, in what's been a very exciting four-team deal. Um, you like them here? Well, I mean, look... <laughs> I think anyone one through... I mean, through, they'd wind up with Arkansas. I think anyone one through six. Alabama six, right? If Alabama six... I like the Alabama four six, that we know, so. LSU, Alabama. I have a hard time going past those teams. Um, I think the winner of South Carolina, Mississippi State, for instance, is a great matchup for Tennessee on Friday. Probably the best they could have gotten out of a team that's going to win in the first round. I mean, do I like LSU going to the tournament? No, because they've fallen off. But at one point, they were 12th in the country. They currently have the fifth-best defense in the nation. Uh, that's second in the SEC behind only Tennessee. Um, you've got a, a stretch run where they beat Tennessee. They beat Auburn. Or was it Kentucky? They beat Kentucky, Tennessee, and then, um, and then won against Florida. Um, that got them to number 12 in the country. So, yeah, they're capable. I mean, uh, it's not going to shock me, quite frankly, if Vanderbilt puts together a couple of wins in this tournament. Um, What Jerry Stackhouse has done towards the last month, month and a half of this season, um, they've got the number one score in the conference on their team and Scottie Pippen Jr. Um, They play play hard and tough. They hit the boards. Um, 
I, th- I think it's more open than what I would have expected had we had this conversation in mid-January. I think Vanderbilt getting Alabama, that they should beat Georgia tonight. I think getting Alabama in the second round, yes, Alabama is that sixth seed. I think it's a good matchup for Vandy. They should. They had Alabama at home just a week and a half, two weeks ago, and should have finished off that game. So I'm with you, Hutton. I think Vandy's got a chance, and I think it's important for Jerry Stackhouse, win a game or two here, get to the NIT uh, at season's end, show a little bit of something with Scottie Pippen Jr. before he leaves, They've got a really good recruiting class coming in next year. So I think some success in this tournament is key for Jerry Stackhouse, and I like their matchup uh, with Bama. And the thing about Vandy, they get to the free throw line more than any team in the conference. Because Scotty Pippen Jr. has doubled up the second-place free yeah. throw shooter in the conference. I mean, and, and, I mean you, that, that puts the ball – I mean, again, like that, you've got your best players at the free throw line with crucial shots in the second half. That's, that, that's benefit Vandy. Uh, with Scottie Pippen uh, shooting them, so I, I I don't count Vandy out from making uh, you know an upset along the way. Of course, that doesn't start tonight. They'll have to rebound against Alabama. Second chance points in that last game, twenty two to eight. I, I remember Alabama. sending you guys a text during I think it was that game at Memorial Gym saying Scottie Pippen Jr. is nineteen for twenty from the free throw line with five minutes left. <laughs> five minutes left, of the he game he'd already 26. attempted twenty uh, free throws in that game. Here's another wild card team for you because they have to. Florida. Florida's a nine. And Florida's a nine team. seed, and they get A&M in the early game tomorrow on Thursday. And the Castleton, but Appleby. Florida, um, Florida knows they are two wins away from getting in the tournament because they, they would Auburn. beat Auburn in the next game, and that would be a win-and-end scenario well, and, for And we Florida. should not count out Bama either. And I, I know we're just mentioning every team now, but that, that goes to my overall point uh, of the conference. Bama, and I know, Chad, you mentioned them as the, one of the six or seven. They're, if they're hitting, they're the best three-point shooting team in the conference. And yep. they throw up a and, billion. And they're the two-seed last year. They're loaded with talent. They're the two-seed in the tournament last year. Um, they, they can also make a run. The problem with them is they're kind of limping into the tournament where they lost three of their final five games and nearly lost to Vandy. Yeah, I think that Alabama, if it's Alabama-Kentucky late night Friday in, in Tampa in the SEC tournament, that could be a classic uh, between those two teams. I, I really like Alabama in this tournament also. But keep an eye on Florida. I, I mentioned we know Tom Crean's out. Um, there are other guys, Conzo Martin being one of them, may be out also. He plays tonight against Ole Miss. Um, Mike White at Florida I don't think is completely safe either if they were to if they were to lose in game number one and not make the NCAA tournament so there's some coaching storylines to watch with some of these teams and could we be seeing the last of their coach we know we're seeing the last of Tom Crean are we seeing the last of Conzo Martin in Missouri Ben Howland at Mississippi State Mike White at Florida Will Wade at LSU because of NCAA issues those are all possibilities. Is going there into any this contempt for the the format of the tournament with the double buy and all of that, or is it just? The, I, I don't think so. I, I like this. The OVC did this, and I really like it when the one bid leagues go ahead and get your two best teams and get them to the semifinals. Like you, you want to avoid. To me, I know people love the upset and all that. I don't want my seven seed in a one bid conference getting hot after losing thirteen regular season conference games and winning the conference tournament. I, I want to give every chance for the one or two best teams in my league 
to be right there in the championship game. For a small conference, yeah. A small conference, they go to that. And I, I think when you've got 14 teams in your league, you got to do something. So I, I, do, I like the, uh, the incentive to get in that top four of a 14-team conference to ensure you don't play until Friday. This I enjoy something that. something that'll look a little bit more, uh, a little more normal on SEC expansion, right? This bracket will look better with two more teams in it. I don't think it looks that bad now, but yeah, I guess it'll look a little more f- filled I, out. <laughs> it's, I, yeah. What's bothering you with it? I, I just don't like that the, the two by it's like two different tournaments. The only thing to me that's I feel like a little bit weird about it. Well, the only way to well, I, the only thing that's weird about it is that the play-in games tonight and having that open spot to me on Thursday when you don't have a full slate of opponents, you got the two open spots where they play in to play someone they, on Thursday, but that's a pretty minor thing. Paul, the, the bracket is the way it is because... Because of the numbers. Well, no, they're, they're giving... Not because of the numbers. They're giving SEC Network content. Yeah. This is programming. They get two extra games based on the way the bracket's laid out. If you do away with the two worst teams, you're moving on around. Yeah. There is also that's a... So you have a Wednesday because of the way the bracket's laid out. It's all about content and programming. And we've seen it before. I mean, Georgia did it as one of the worst teams in the SEC. Oh, they're so bad. Went on a run. They're not going to now. <laughs> I'm not, so I'm not saying that. Don't, 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 don't start. Please, 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 please. I'm giving a history lesson. I'm saying there have been bad teams that have gone on runs to get to the tournament. Georgia did it in the tornado year when yeah. they ended up at Georgia Tech. At Georgia and they Tech, went on a yeah. run. They're one of the worst teams in the conference. And uh, they had a Dennis Felton coach Georgia Bulldogs team that got to the NCAA tournament by playing their win. Mississippi State was more of a bubble team, but Tennessee was in the SEC championship game years ago in Tampa where they were heavy favorites and maybe the best team in the SEC that year with Tyler Smith on that team and got upset by a Mississippi State team that had to win that game to get in the tournament. It's not going to happen. Georgia, Ole Miss, Vandy, Although you said Vandy could go on a run. Georgia, Ole Miss, Vandy, Missouri, I don't see winning this tournament. No, when I say run. But at least it gives every program, Paul, to not cut teams out of the tournament. You can point to it for everyone and legitimately say, well, you win four games in the SEC tournament, you can still play in the NCAA I, tournament. Let me, let me clarify. When I say run for Vandy, I'm talking playing on Friday. Yeah. Right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm discussing like one upset along the way. Uh, I'm not saying that well, there's – Well, again, I don't believe it to be true with most of these teams – I'm just saying they can viably go to them and say, your coach can, and we could win the tournament and still get in. It gives everyone well, hope up until that last week. But here, here's the, the real piece of the pie and what the, what the conference has done. It's no longer Kentucky and maybe one other team and then the rest because they enter with the top four. And it's really the, the seeds to me don't matter because you've got Arkansas who won 14 of their final 16 games. Kentucky went 25-5. and five after their loss to Duke to open the season. And of those five losses, Auburn, Arkansas, and Tennessee were three of those five. Um, And if you just continue, Tennessee has seven losses, but every loss was to a team that's going to the NCAA tournament. And then you have Auburn, who spent a few weeks as number one in the country. So I, I, I love the way this bracket is set up for the top four and then the potential for a Bama or an LSU or you know an outside team to break their way into the the semifinals of the of the SEC this year. Here's it's what I don't know. Here's what I don't know about this tournament. I have no clue what the crowd's going to look like because it's in Tampa. Yeah, if that thing was right here, I a block agree. away from us right now at Bridgestone Arena, it would be damn packed with Tennessee would, fans, with be. Kentucky fans, 
that early evening session Friday with Tennessee playing South Carolina and Mississippi State would be loaded with orange. Every Kentucky game loaded with Kentucky fans. I think Arkansas fans would have traveled to Nashville this year to watch this team and the run they've been on. In Tampa, anyone's guess. I'm assuming Kentucky fans will dominate because they normally dominate and they'll send a nice contingent down there, but I have no clue. Does Auburn send basketball fans to Tampa being the number one seed? No idea. We'll be able I don't to, know what that place is going to look we'll like. We'll be able to ask Trey Wallace, who will be joining us each of the next three days as uh, he gives coverage from OutKick in Tampa. And uh, we look forward to all that coverage at OutKick.com throughout the week. Coming up, primary complaint. Yeah. We'll hit our biggest grievance of the week. And then we'll get back to the SEC tournament. We'll get back to college basketball. Trey Wallace will join us coming up in about 45 minutes. Again, he'll be live in Tampa. And then in the third hour today, around 4.20 Central Time, 5.20 Eastern, Dane Bradshaw of the SEC Network, former Vol, he joins us to preview all things Southeastern Conference basketball. It's all coming up on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Indianapolis Colts have made at least one half of their move at quarterback. They traded Carson Wentz today to the Washington Commanders in exchange for draft picks. Those draft picks being a third rounder this year and what could be a second rounder next year. And it's the same incentive that Wentz reached this year, this past season, that made Indy give their first round pick to Philly. It's 70% of the snaps as the starter. Um, and if he reaches that in Washington, then they will also receive a second-round pick back from Washington next year. So um, there's the trade, number one. We're expecting another one from Indy as they position themselves uh, to be better, at least in their view, at the quarterback position. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. We broadcast daily here in Nashville, Tennessee, 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up, we've got the OutKick 360 headlines, which includes uh, the, the moves of the last 24 hours across the NFL. Harold Landry gets the contract extension with the Titans. Uh, we'll, we'll explain uh, how that deal came about right as the deadline passed for the franchise tag and what the Titans actually saved on the cap by doing the deal instead of the tag. Paul's got details for you there. Uh, and then Trey Wallace joins us from Tampa. Dane Bradshaw joins us courtside as well for the SEC tournament. That's all coming up later in the show. But every Wednesday at this time, it is time for primary complaint. And my complaint this week, guys, is with the the card readers as we're, you know, we're paying. Uh, I use Starbucks as the example, but it can be in a number of different places, uh, gas stations, where you put the card in. And half the time, sometimes they want you to remove the card immediately, Right. Other times, you, they want the card left in for a bit with that security chip. But my problem is the way that the font is, is uh, positioned on the device, on the reader, on the display, it says, please do not, in very small, you know, sentence case font, 
and then in all caps, remove card. So half the time, I'm sitting there trying to remove the card, thinking that the, the, the device wants me to remove the card when, in fact, I'm supposed to leave it in there. I just want some consistency. And you know what would make it really easy is just to put everything on one line. Please do not remove card. That doesn't take very long. And if it fits within one sentence on your device, if you're scrolling through Twitter, it should be able to fit on the display for a card reader at a gas station or any place that you're getting your coffee. That's my primary complaint. Please do not. Remove card! That's it. That, that's exactly how they phrase it. And then, you know, half the other time, it, it, you know, it's blinking or it's buzzing at you. I just want some consistency with these devices. Hutton, your complaint inspired a that's new complaint good. of mine. And I'm, I'm just going to roll with it here. In fact, two new complaints. I'll save the next one, uh, for the, the, the other one for next week. Newark International Airport. God's is country. the angriest place on the planet at 7 a.m. <laughs> on a Friday morning when I was there. I have never in my life been around people that are working a job that are meaner to every, not just me, not just some out of town, to everyone at the airport. In a span of about 15 minutes, I was stopped by one person from checking my luggage and asked where I was going. I said I, said I was going to Tampa. And he said, you're downstairs. I went downstairs. All that's downstairs is security. I had to check my bag. I had to go back upstairs. I had to almost bum rush the guy to get past him (laughs) and point to it and say, sir, this is where I have to go. You've sent me downstairs once, not again. I get downstairs to security. They're making everyone walk a country mile, which none of these people have ever heard of that, a country mile, to get through when no one's around. You had to walk completely through every little barrier they had. You get up to security they have some contraption where you don't just put your backpack or your carry-on on the conveyor belt. You got to put it into some other device that then makes it go up and into the. And they're just yelling at everyone. You push. You push. You push. I said, sir, no one here knows what you're talking about. You're standing right there. Show us how to do it. So finally, he took my bag and did it. I said, thank you. Everyone behind me applauded because they did it that way. It was atrocious from start to finish. The angriest place on the planet that has in turn made me angry just thinking about my experience. Newark International Airport, be better. That is my primary complaint. Chad, with a Big standing, city. he received a standing ovation in Newark. That's the that's the lead. Well, I, usually, you know me. You usually, I'm, I'm just sitting there like, okay, and I'm trying to, <laughs> and it won't go in there. He's just all. These are the the extent of his instructions. Push, push, Lamaze push, push. <laughs> and I, I finally said, "You do it. You're standing right there." And he did it. And the woman in front of me couldn't do it either. And everyone just started applauding me at that oh, point. It was David awful. Reed. Push. So I recently had my first experience with an Airbnb. It was fine, but it also led to my first experience with a low-flow toilet. These were the brainchild <laughs> to someone up in our government who is uh, educated beyond their intelligence. I'm sure it was designed by some well-meaning, environmentally-minded engineer. Has those buttons on the back. Uh, number yeah. one and number two. <laughs> this thing was probably not designed with the, uh, the diet of the average American <laughs> male in mind because... If I have to push number two five times, that equals 10, and that's more water than a conventional toilet would be using. My apologies to the homeowner. You can just keep the deposit. But low-flow low toilets, that's, that's my primary complaint. Low-flow toilet, toilets did not have David Reed in mind uh, when they were constructed, is what I'm hearing in the engineering. Uh, my primary complaint's DoorDash. Uh, I use it a lot. 
We use it at home. I use it on the road. I used it in Indianapolis when I ordered Chinese food after our, our favorite Italian place was closed. Here's the problem. <clears throat> I, I like the app. It serves me well. But near the end of the process, it says your door dasher is approaching. <laughs> is he really? I mean, he could be on your doorstep or could be eight miles away. The approaching word is very, very liberally applied. You have no idea where this man or woman is when they say he or she is approaching. You could look at your app and find the car on there, and the map could be, you know, the size of the state of Tennessee, or it could be your neighborhood. I don't know what they use to define approaching. I, I, <laughs> I often stay on my couch when it says approaching and say, you know, we'll hear some rustling or something. And then sometimes I leave a pizza out there for 10 minutes and it turns ice cold because uh, they were, in fact, right there. Let's, let's get some uh, consistency to what approaching means, maybe like five-minute range. You're saying DoorDash you. is like your friend that'll say, I'm on my way, and really they're just getting ready to get in the car and get on their way? In another state. Where, where you always know what on my way means, yeah. oh, you're just now getting out of the shower? Okay, thanks. Yeah. So it'll be another 45 There's minutes. No consistency whatsoever. I sat in a hotel lobby. I could have gone upstairs showered and changed and come back down and still wait approaching to me that that should be universally known as you're in the neighborhood like if you're turning on the street that you live on yeah that should be approaching or like if you're in a hotel it should mean like yeah i'm, I'm getting ready to park or that yeah well Chad, you know, I think something you, you, more than it is. You win the complaint today. That was very good. Well, and I wasn't even going to go with it until I heard that about, for some reason, the card reader thing just set me off, and I started thinking about the push-pull mechanism at security at Newark International. So you flew into... And the, the extent of the guy's instructions was to yell at everyone to push yeah, he had to at fly, 7 a.m. You flew fly into out uh, JFK and out? Into JFK, out of Newark. Well, if only you had gotten LaGuardia in there, too. That would have been a lovely trifecta. Maybe I'm next sure, time. I'm sure they'll yell at me, too. <laughs> Maybe next time. Uh, 360 headlines coming up. Wilson, Rogers. Uh, Wilson's going to be wearing a Denver Broncos jersey, which is going to look odd. Some of these photoshops already do. And we'll tell you more about Wentz and the trade to Washington and what the Colts are up to next. That's next on Outkick 360.